Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Hello again, and welcome to the Not Gonna Lie podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry. So glad you could join us. Uh, this episode, I want to say get out in front of it now, was recorded 1.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, we have a great interview with Bob Ryan. We do a little finals preview. So when he says everything that happens in the upcoming series, I just don't want you to say, oh, they recorded it later. I'm putting that in there right now, timestamping it, and it should go out probably by three. So you'll know it's before the finals. Um, but a great interview with him. Always a fantastic mind. Um, I love that I am able to to pick his brain and throw out ideas and, and see what sticks. Uh, but before we get into that interview, just want to talk a little bit about the upcoming Thursday night game. Uh, we're going to have to get it over with, unfortunately. You know, we're going to have some bad ones um, on Thursday night like we've had. But it may not get as bad as this Broncos-Jets game. The Jets are missing a lot of pieces. Jameson Crowder could be back. But for the Broncos, they're obviously missing uh, plenty of guys. Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, Vaughn Miller. Um, right now, the line, uh, as it looks, is even if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's, it's zero. So it's really just a toss-up here, um, and the over/under is set at 40. Uh, Brett Rippon is projected to start, and he had a really good showing in relief of Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Wow, I can't talk. Uh, went seven of seven all the way up until his interception that ultimately sealed the game. But he's going to be going up uh, up against a considerably easier defense in the New York Jets. So I like the Broncos in this game. And I think they can get get something going. If they can establish the pass early, it's going to open up lanes for Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay might be back. Um, I think they could get out to, you know, 24, 28 points. Um, and for that reason, though, all of that being said, I don't think the Jets can muster up enough points to hit the over. So I'm taking under 40 uh, and the Broncos' money line, essentially. Uh, but it's going to be a great one. So excited. Uh, but now let's take you to my interview with Bob Ryan. We now welcome on a special guest, a recurring guest to the podcast. It's Bob Ryan. Bob, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're totally welcome. Uh, it's, it's always good to have you back on and talk some sports. And fortunately, we have a lot to talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start. Well, a couple when it's over. Uh, you know, it, it, it was it, obviously we had a day the other day that that was a record day. It was the first time in American sports history, apparently, it was baseball, basketball, football, uh, golf, tennis, uh, all on the same day. Soccer probably throwing that one in there too. So uh, yeah, we're we're in a we're in a very interesting uh, over overflow you know period right now. It's great. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like um, you know we we were we were fasting and and we've now come to uh, you know an all you can eat buffet. It's pretty much yeah, whatever you no, want. And, and there's only so much you can eat, but yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. <laughs> exactly, we we have to. Um, so in a couple hours, game one of the finals kicks off. Um. And this one is, is going to be a good one. One team, a lot of people expected to be there uh, in the Lakers. And another team, the Miami Heat, which, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody outside of the state of Florida that thought that Miami was actually going to make it to the finals. Um, and I want to talk to you about the Celtics here in a little bit, but let's start with this matchup first. Um, what, How have they been successful? What is, in, in your opinion, what's the key to them making this run and, and making an appearance in the finals? Well, they do have... Uh, they, they have the capability of making a three-point shot with a great, you know, 
the, the hero and, and uh, Robinson. Uh, I think one of the X factors that you couldn't have projected to this degree, it's not like he's an unknown, but Goran Dragic, I thought he was there. When it's all said and done, and all the stuff that Bam did, and Bam, you know, elevated himself, and, and, um, and, and, and they did a lot of good things, and Jimmy Butler showed out why you want him on the team. I thought their MVP, frankly, overall, game in, game out, was Dragic. Uh, he, he, uh, he, con- he controlled the game when he needed to be controlled. He made, in- he made threes. He went to the basket. Uh, he's a wonderful combination. He's one of, my, uh, uh, one of those guys that would be just as much at home in 1970 as he is in 2020. Uh, he, he has an old man's game uh, with, with some modern uh, flair. And, uh, uh, but Bam, obviously, the Bam, before the season, no one was talking about Bam in a way that we're talking about him now. We didn't have reason to. Uh, he's really played uh, as well as he's better than he's ever played. Uh, as well. And, of course, Butler's been what they wanted, what they paid for, what they expected. Uh, they've gotten uh, bench contributions when they needed them. Of course, Hero's 37-point game was, was uh, extreme. But uh, when Iguodala came up big and, and the other night, that was important, of course. And uh, uh, they're, they're solid. They know what they're doing. Uh, and and Spoltra is on his way to the Hall of Fame. Everybody seems to agree to that now. And uh, they're good. Now, I, I thought they'd be dangerous. The word I used was dangerous. I didn't think that they would go to the finals, but I thought they were dangerous. You would, you know, they'd give you a lot of trouble. Uh, obviously, they've uh, maxed out uh, in that regard. And I think they're going to give the, the uh, Lakers uh, uh, some problems. Uh, and uh, I, all these people that are cavalierly saying the Lakers are, you know, are going to win, uh, uh, not without a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's uh, the Heat have proven that that they're they're ready to fight at, at any given point. Um, and yeah, to go off what you said about Drogic, I think just him being lefty, being a lefty, just kind of adds to that um, that his style of play. And he was no doubt uh, one of the big, most consistent key players for them uh, in that Celtics series. Um, let's flip over to the other side. Let's talk about the Lakers. It seems like people forget that that these guys were so dominant in the playoffs. Everybody's saying, well, they're the Blazers are going to beat them. Well, the Rockets are going to beat them. Well, the Nuggets are going to beat them. They lost three games on the way to the finals. I mean, it's, uh, can you think of a time when a, a team has been, uh, for, for a team as great as a, a, a LeBron and Anthony Davis-led team has been this undervalued? Is it, is it undervalued, or are they, uh, or, or are people just hating on them? Uh, I think, very good point there. I think that I am appalled at the, still the degree of LeBron hating. It's, it's so stupid. It's so intellectually fraudulent. It's so idiotic. It's so... Uh, unsophisticated in any terms of basketball knowledge. You can you can still harbor resentment and anger about the decision. You can still say that he quit against the Celtics in 10, which he did. I was there. You can still say he underachieved against the Mavericks in 11. He did. And that was the catharsis. That was the whole turning point in his whole career in terms of, of him recognizing what he has to do to win. Uh, and, um, and, and But you cannot possibly tell me you like basketball or you understand it and watch what he's doing now and tell me that you can't accept the idea how great he is. You don't have to like him when the game ends, but when the game starts, there's nothing not to like. And and uh, that that uh, closing job he, he he put on in that seventh game, and, and I mean that's in that fourth quarter uh, uh, in that game tonight, uh, will tell you all. Uh, you know, not there, put it this way, there aren't many people. You don't need more than five fingers on your hand, and and you don't even need that many uh, to count the number of people in the history of this game who could do what he did. Period. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I was talking to a friend about this, and I'd love to get your, your take on this. Um, but it, it seems like instead of appreciating great players, um, people just have this tendency to compare to, you know, decades previously. Um, 
So do you think that if MJ played in today's NBA, that he would be hated on at the same level as LeBron? No, because it's, there was nothing that hanging. What was there? You know, he didn't. He didn't have any. Uh, unless you were going to go. Uh, okay, he, he wasn't socially active. God knows. Uh, today, uh, you know, if he was as socially inactive and as, and as uh, today uh, as he was then, uh, it would be. It'd be. You know, it would be an issue. But it, but he could. You know, he got away with. Republicans who buy sneakers too, and you know, he got away with not endorsing uh, the, the candidate in, in, in Carolina when up against Trump. Or, I mean, uh, you know, up against uh, uh, Jesse Helms and et cetera and all that. But there wasn't any comparable basketball issue like the decision or, or uh, shrinkage uh, as it was in uh, the Bronze career. There's nothing to hang your hat on to go after him in that regard. His basketball career was 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 impeccable. That the, the, the only thing I will say the difference between the two of them uh, is that. Uh, and how they got to the top of the game, which is in there the two best individual virtuosos who have ever played it, is that Michael got a win, finally got the win when he learned how to share. Also, when he got a great teammate like Pippen, everybody needs somebody else. You need a side man. You have to have at least one. <clears throat> and um, uh, he, he, he didn't went to learn how to share. And, and uh, the, the 88 Michael, the 87 Michael, is not passing ball off to John Paxson and Steve Kerr for those big baskets that we saw later on. Mm-hmm. Almost, a, you know. And uh, once he learned how to do that and accept that the other, the other guys can help you out, uh, he won. And and the, the converse was true with LeBron. After 2011, he actually finally came to realize that he has to take charge at times. He has to accept the responsibility of being the best player on the floor and act accordingly. And he's learned how to do that. He's learned how to calibrate his game uh, to know when to turn it on and when to and when to be. Uh, 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 a facilitator, because he can facilitate all night, all night long. But that—that's—they need more than that. Uh, so, I, but Michael, look, uh, it, you're right. I like the way you were going with this because there are two issues here. We can play the comparison game. It's fun. We're sports fans. That's what we do. It's fine. Uh, but then we have to come back and take a deep breath and and and, and accept and then and, and analyze the, the world we're living in on its own terms. And that's what you got to do with putting LeBron in the proper context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, and, and it kind of sounds like it's, it's interesting the way you worded that, that it's almost like for MJ to be great, he had to play uh, more like LeBron. And for LeBron to be great, he had to play a little bit more like MJ. So it was like... Oh, yes. You know what that reminds me of? And I, this is, we're talking basketball. But as soon as you said that, something flashed in my head. Uh, I'm going to go multi-sport I'm gonna, on you. Okay. Uh, the, the, the 19, uh, you know, 1972, when, when the USA uh, uh, played... Excuse me. When when the uh, yeah uh, played the, the Russians and uh, the Canadians. Excuse me. When the Canadians played the Russians for the first time, when the Russians were at the peak of their of their hockey glory, and uh, uh, as that series progressed, and and of course the Canadians finally won. As that series progressed, it was said uh, that that as this is progressing, the Canadians are playing more like the Russians, and the Russians are playing more like the Canadians, and that, that the Russians were in, incorporating physicality into their hockey game uh, that they had not. Uh, had to use before, and the Canadians were playing uh, more uh, cerebral finesse stuff that they didn't need before in order to match the Russians. And uh, so that's and that that just flashed across my head. You're absolutely right. I never phrased it that way, for, uh, that, that, but you got it. You got it right. That that is that sums it up. Yeah, it's definitely definitely an interesting interesting new wrinkle. Um, but I want to talk about matchups here. So this is how I view it. Um, so I'm just going to kind of toss it out here, and then I would love to get your analysis on this. So um, in regards to how the, this style of play, I mean, 
Uh, I think Bam Adebayo is going to have a really hard time getting going offensively. Um, Two part. One, he's going to spend a lot of his time trying to shut down Anthony Davis on the defensive side of the ball, uh, and it's a tall order. Um, and two, he's got to go against. He pretty much gets no break with when when the when with the Celtics. You know, if they could get going in transition, Bam was able to get dunks and get scoring. Or if they had Cantor in the game, he was struggling to move laterally, which Bam took advantage of. But you've got Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, uh, and Dwight Howard that they could all throw at him. I mean, sure, and LeBron could play defense on him too. Um, So I I feel like Bam's going to have a hard time getting going offensively. Um, Is is that something that you've seen too? I think that it's going to be a far different challenge for him, obviously, than it was against the Celtics. and, and then um, uh, uh, this is going to be a real uh, further test, a further exam. He passed that last exam. Where, you know, he got an A, got an A plus maybe. Mm-hmm. And now this is the final, this is the final exam, and, and, and a different challenge. Uh, you're right. Uh, I, I will see if he's capable of, of uh, rising to that uh, to that challenge. Uh, the takers the in that regard pose a, a much more uh, uh, you know, probing challenge for him than than Daniel Tyson and Robert Williams and Enos Cantor did. No question about that. I agree with that. Uh, that's uh, that's good. Uh, so, but Bam is uh, he's, uh, he's on a higher level than I you know now than he was two months ago in terms of you know what we know he can do and how and what he's achieved and how he must feel about himself. So, um, you know that that you have to take that into consideration too. Yeah, and and like you said, LeBron with his thirty point triple double in the closer game. I mean, it's tough to score thirty points, let alone in a must win game. Bam did that too. Um, so obviously he's going to be a guy to watch out for. Uh, another matchup I'm interested to see is um, throughout the playoffs, I mean, the, the Lakers dominated, you know, one in five games every series, no doubt about it. But when you look at the defensive ability of every team they played, it was lacking. I mean, the Blazers, they don't have a lot of guys to throw at LeBron. The Rockets ha- had more, you know, they had they had a lot of 3 and D guys that they were able to move around. And then the Nuggets, it was, it was basically Jeremy Grant on LeBron James the whole time. And I mean, obviously we saw how that turned out. Um, one of the reasons why I think people are undervaluing the Heat is because they don't realize that, that this is going to probably be the best defensive team that the Lakers have faced in the playoffs. They could throw Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Iggy if necessary, uh, and even Bam at LeBron James. I, I'm assuming he's not going to have trouble getting going because you know he's one of the greatest of all time for a reason. Um, is that? Do you see a, a yeah, sort I of challenge for seeing? That's, that's a very good reason. One of the reasons why the, the Heat have have fooled the experts and, and gotten where they are. Uh, they 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 have some of the requisite defensive uh, uh, you know uh, ability uh, that they needed to to get it done. Uh, I think so. I think they are going to be better. They're here. They're here for a reason. They're totally deserving. That uh, you know this is what this is what the East uh, when it was you know, in bubble ball the, they they played the best and and, uh, and and they got there for conventional reasons of of, of, of doing playing the game well and right and both way, both ends. Uh, but the defense, sure, I think so. I think you, I think you're right. Uh, uh, and and yet, uh, I don't have any doubts that the, the you know the Lakers know this. And uh, uh, you know, I don't think it, I'll put it this way: LeBron's not losing any sleep over any of this. Uh, he's he's just getting he's just taking everything that they throw at him, and 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 uh, and he'll be he'll be fine. But uh, it'll be good. I, I no, yeah, that's that's you got that right. Yeah, and, and so we'll move on here from this topic, but I want to get my prediction on paper. I've been mulling between uh, Lakers and five, Lakers and six. I'm going to go Lakers and yeah. six just because I think the Heat are a, a lot deeper team. And, you know, if you can get another 30-point game from Tyler Hero, if Duncan Robinson can really get going, they'll be able to steal a game here or there. 
Um, but before we move on from this topic, I want to get your prediction, and then I want to hear a matchup that you're looking forward to listening to or look, looking forward to seeing throughout these finals. Um, I, first of all, I have to have a disclaimer. I, 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 I really have always, you know, I'm, I'm not big on predictions. Uh, to me, the only prediction that matters is one's back by the wallet. You know, uh, you know, I could say anything. I could say, hey, heat and seven, you know, and hope that I'm right. And if I'm wrong, who cares? Uh, it's hard not to say the, the logical thing. The, the, the intellectually logical thing that more people are going to say than aren't going to say is the Lakers in six. And I'll now, uh, just because. Now, if this were a conventional uh, series uh, uh, in which we were home courts, we could you know, do, uh, analyze it that way. But, of course, there is no home court. Uh, there, is no, there are no fans. There's no, there's no relevance to this. Uh, so that changes the dynamic uh, you know, in, in, in certain ways. But um, I got to go with the Lakers. I got to go. In the end, I think that LeBron and Davis will have their say, and they will have their way. They're the two best players. I don't. I'm not going to answer your question in terms of the matchup. One matchup. Let me just say this: the way to look at it is to give why I give the, the Heat a puncher's chance. You know, is oh yes, that LeBron and Davis are clearly the best two players on the court. On the court. Uh, however, the next fill in the blank: three, four, five, about four to five, five mm. out of six, belong to the Heat, in my opinion. And and uh, so you know they're here they're here for a reason. That's going to be interesting. Uh, um, and and the way with these two good coaches and uh, you know matchups. I don't know the way the game is now. It's not the, it's not the way it used to be. at matchups. The game is played differently. Uh, I think that's a less relevant way of analyzing the the, the series than we used to do. And we have to uh, get a new way of thinking about it. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking more of, of whole things rather than and component rather than individual matchups. You know, the three-point is such an equalizer. The Heat, some, one of the, you, you would think that one of those games, that Robinson's going to make five threes, and another game, Hero's going to make five threes, minimum. You know, if they do it the same night, then they're winning that game, uh, for sure. But uh, that's something to count on. Uh, uh, that, that's who they are, and, and uh, they're going to have that component. The thing about the Lakers, I'll just keep going here, is that um, they uh, – you don't know who the third guy is going to be. They got to, uh, you know, they need a third guy, and you don't know who it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, every night. And and then somebody to step up. Um, they need to have more people that they can be confident will give them fill in the blank, 15 points or whatever. The Lakers, you don't know who it's going to be after. And I'll say one more thing: is that the great X factor that was not present if we were having this conversation a month ago, and and has had a tremendous effect on the Lakers, and that's Rondo. Mm-hmm. This dropped mm-hmm. out of the sky when the bubble ball started. Rondo was older, or to combat with the thumb, wasn't playing at all, and he hasn't played like this. I don't know when. He certainly, you know, it could be five years, six years, seven years. He hadn't played like this. Maybe he got to back to the Celtics, and he, he has really done everything he can do well. He's doing it, and 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 he's doing something he never did well. He's making shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's thirteen for twenty nine on threes, and and you know, it used to be he's a guy that he made eight in a row. On the ninth, the coach would still put the hand over his eyes and say, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" And and he's you know, he's going to make shots. That's always been a, a, a that's not even fair. So he's a big he's a big plus. And if he's going to keep playing like this, then maybe we'll say for the sake of argument, he's the third guy. Yeah. Oh, and and I think the the beauty of it and the the downside of it uh, is for the Lakers, the downside is they don't know who that third star is going to be. But for the opposing team. They also don't know who it's going to be. So it's like if that guy gets going, then it's, you know, you've got to throw your whole game plan to the side because, uh, yeah, like you said, if, if Rondo continues to hit shots, that's that's a big issue. 
because Rondo's biggest, the biggest part of his game is, is playmaking. But if he now has a threat to, I'm going to pull up and I'm going to hit this three, that just takes a, a, a whole new dynamic. Um, but it's, it's so out of character that I can't believe it's going to continue. <laughs> you know, I, I, but if it, if it does, then that, that gives them a bonus that, that they never dreamed of. I'm so Frank Vogel, nobody dreamed of it. And, and, and uh, uh, there it is. So he's been, he's been terrific. And he, you know, he gives LeBron a chance to rest even on offense when he's out there with them. He gives them a chance to have a, a quality playmaker when, when LeBron's on the, on the bench. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, uh, it's been a, re- a really big bonus. Yeah, and I mean, just going down the list of like who could be the third star, um, you know, you got Kuzma, Danny Green, KCP. Um, I mean, but Rondo's down on the list. He's not, you know, he's not your your top priority, but he he's certainly making himself uh, to 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 be talked about. But we got to talk about it. Unfortunately, I'm in the same boat with you. The Celtics, okay? Uh, yep. They they were up, I think, five with about eight to go. Um, and the turning point for me in the series, and I, it was just one of those moments where it was like you're you're kind of yelling at the TV, but it's like you know a one way mirror. They can't hear what you're saying. Um, just saying, stop shooting threes. They they could not. They were addicted to shooting threes down the stretch, and that's ultimately what led them to give up the lead. And then it was a huge swing, you know, end up losing by by ten. Um, but obviously, a lot went into that series more than just the final eight minutes. Uh, what was your? What were some things that you noticed that that really led the Celtics just, to, to fall? I, I, I just they just couldn't close. I just like there's no rational explanation for them to collapse that many times in one series to give up those leads repeatedly to give up those huge leads. Uh, and, and, you might, and you're right when you get down to the, the the fourth quarter of the last game, the sixth game, they up by six with nine minutes to go, having just had a big run. They were down eight. They went up six. They had a 14 plus point turnaround at that point and looking good and you're feeling good about them and, and just keep doing what you're doing and and um right uh then from that point on i think it was 26 or 6 at one point that they got outscored um and yeah i remember feeling funny looking back and worrying about the future and what's going to happen when they play the lakers i'm thinking in my head when uh, uh when brown got hurt when brown dunked and he came mm-hmm. down wrong and or, mm-hmm. he got clipped and he came down wrong and I'm thinking, oh boy, if they get through this, if they're going to win the seventh game, is he going to be okay for the Lakers? <laughs> and then, uh, not not too much to worry about there, folks. Uh, uh, they, I think this is an internal. This is not a talent thing. Mm-hmm. Last year, it wasn't a talent thing either. It was you know, Irving was a problem, and they didn't. Uh, this year, I thought they had cheered a lot of their problems, and, and uh, it, it wasn't a talent thing. Although one guy was, you know, given was not where he was supposed to be and or they needed him to be overall and they were getting by despite it and in the end they didn't get by and now of course it was Kemba Walker and uh, Kemba Walker did not perform the way that they had gotten used to or expected uh, it, it, he may very well have been more hurt than we realized and, and uh, but at times he just looked like a little guy that couldn't he was being smothered by the big guys mm-hmm. and, and uh, in a way that he never looked like before ever either in Charlotte or in Boston but suddenly he looked like that guy and uh, uh, you know, I don't know for the future whether you know what this means, but uh, uh, but it's internal. They have to look in the mirror. They gotta they gotta have a heart check here. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, after they lost that uh, that, uh, that second game, uh, and they were down 0-2, Kemba was kidding me going around with the heart check, you know, and that was fine. And they responded very well in that game three. But uh, you know, subsequently, you think about the series. All the all the marquee moments, all the all the highlight moments, all the big plays, and the 
mattered were done were, you know done by the, the heat and of course the biggest of all was bam's you know historic block and the, uh, so uh, the best block of its type in the finals that we know of uh, you know there's two there's two or three different types of blocks the rundown block which everybody remembers for LeBron and which Bill Russell made more than once in his life mm-hmm. and and uh, then there's the off off you know offside but weak side block but you ain't dunking on me block uh, that's the, is the best one you'll ever see in a moment, an important moment. Yeah. Um, just to go back a little bit of what you said, um, I, I think the Celtics also, because I, I agree 100%. When you look at it from a from a um, who wants it more perspective, it was the Heat. And that's why they won the series. They, they just wanted every game more. Um, but you take a look at those first three games, and the Celtics had um, were playing well despite, you know, not really playing with urgency and intensity that the Heat had. They led, I was reading a statistic, they led 70% of the first three yep. games. And you yep. do that, and you're down 2-1. I was talking to a friend, I was like, this, this isn't going to go over well. Because if, if, if they're not going to play with that urgency that you know you saw from the 2016-2017 Celtics with Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, just, just Avery Bradley, just grinders, Marcus Smart that, that went for it. Um, but you're still going to, you, from a talent perspective, they, they had the advantage, but you couldn't close in those games. I mean, I didn't want to say it because obviously, like, if they turned a corner, then something would that that would be great, and they could really get in a groove. But it's really hard when you're playing the way they're playing to squander two of those leads when you're the best team on the court um, from a talent perspective and the way you shot the ball that night and played. Um, it's hard to come back from that. So it, it that that part was 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 just disappointing in and of itself. But biggest question is game five, second half was some of the best basketball I had seen. From the Celtics, pretty much mm-hmm. the, the whole the bubble included first round. Um, it was great. Why why were they not able to play with that level of intensity going into Game Six? That's the question they need to answer. That's the question they they all have to look in the mirror, and Brad has to look in the mirror and say, well, "What could I have done? What should I have done? What could I have done?" Uh, uh, it, it's it's discouraging because they, in a sense, they were the better team. But mm-hmm. yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it, and 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 uh, the Heat were the worthier team, right? How's that? You know, better team, fine. That's a that, that's a uh, you know, we have more talent. We 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 can do this. We can do that. Yeah, we're the worthier team. The team that manages to, to find how to know how to win uh, was the Heat, and they totally deserve with, with being where they are. I can't. It's impossible. The question you ask is, you know, it's almost a it's it's a question that is the question mm-hmm. to which. You don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. Uh, I, I don't know if Brad has the answer, but he'd better find it for ne- before next year. You know, because, um, you know, you're not going to go out and, and tear up this roster. That makes no sense. Uh, you know, to, that's not it. Here's what they, you know, we have to talk about the two things that they need, however, technically, that would make them better. One they've needed for three years, and, and they uh, had not addressed it, and Danny didn't even attempt to address it at the at the. Uh, a trading deadline, and, and I'm a big fan of Danny, but I'm, I agree with Gary Washburn and a very excellent analysis in the Boston Globe. You know, when, when, when they stood pat on the trading deadline and there were guys out there that the Heat went out and got themselves uh, uh, Jay Crowder and, and uh, Ike Adala, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Danny went out and got himself nobody, uh, they need a guy off the bench that, that every once in a while if, can get you 25 points in a game, or 20 points at least in a game. I've been saying for three years that what they need is a guy who, when uh, fills out his income tax on occupation, he puts down registered jump shooter. <laughs> they don't have that guy. And they I mean, they got the, you know, they, now they, they, I know they, well, they almost had that guy. We all know that they swear they were going to draft Hero. 
and and, at Fort, and and he went taking one guy ahead of them, and they got Romeo Langford. Okay, uh, I I believe it. All right, they had, but but then I'll believe that. But why didn't they go out? Jamal Crawford, try something. Right, yeah. he was sitting mm-hmm. there. He's I know he's forty, but he's not a he's a he's forty going on thirty. So uh, that's a, and that's evident. And I'm I'm hardly alone in saying this. The other one is uh, you know a sturdy big guy that that uh, you know that is a. They had him, and he, he got away, and that was Aaron Baines. You don't have to be an all-star, mm-hmm. but you got to be a different. Uh, he, he fulfills the, the requirements. Uh, a, a, a guy that won't get pushed around and that and can handle the pick and roll, can do this, and he, uh, by the way, can step out and make a three, which puts him in the modern game as a stretch five. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Canner won't be back. You know, I'm sorry about them because socially you want him around, and what a fantastic human being. He mm-hmm. is. But, yeah, uh, but, uh, he's he won't be back. And and I don't know Williams, you know, you still work, but they got to go out and find somebody else. To, and Tice is good to a point, you know. But this uh, matchups you're talking matchup, he was fine until this series, and he wasn't fine against Bam at all. And and uh, uh, so those two technical things they need to address. Uh, and but that shooting thing's been driving me crazy for three years. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, you look at Daniel Tice against like the average run of the mill center. I think he's a great, I mean, I think he's a great player. He he's in the right position. He, he, for the most part does the right thing. But I, I remember the first quarter of pretty much every game when they swept the Sixers, Joel Embiid would have 14 points and eight rebounds, right? Like yeah. against those superstar guys, I think Daniel Tice really does begin to struggle. And hopefully, you know, maybe Rob Williams can turn into that guy that, that can really lock him down. But here's my proposal. This is what I was thinking. I've been thinking about it a lot and I agree 100%. We need, a, a guy who can score off the bench, and especially if Gordon Hayward um, or, or, or Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, obviously, God forbid, they get injured, um, we saw that. There was a lack of wing depth that, that the oh, Celtics yeah. had. I think Grant Williams filled in uh, and did a fantastic job, but Brad likes to play him at the five when they go small. You know, what, who do you have in that middle spot? So here's my proposal. If, I am, if I'm Danny Ainge, and you can tell me how crazy this sounds, and we're, we're going to end here in just a couple minutes, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Um, so we've got the Grizzlies pick, first-round pick in the draft. My proposal is that we package up that first-round pick and maybe maybe like Romeo Langford or Brad Wanamaker. Because first off, I mean, we drafted Carson Edwards and we drafted Tremont Waters, but we're not even going to use them whatsoever because we're just so overloaded at undersized guards. Um, so obviously that's something, you know, we've got a, a surplus of that. So take some of those guys. I don't, you know, I don't care who it is. It could be uh, whoever you want, but take some of those guys and trade up for like maybe a five, six, seven overall pick and get one of the top end three and D guys. Um, I mean, I don't know if Obi Toppin falls that far and and, and uh, my knowledge on um, prospects coming out are not like that heavy. So I couldn't give you a, a list of guys I'd really like, but a, a solid three and D player, one who's willing to learn and be that seventh man off the bench um, and be that game changer, like you said, that consistent scoring threat. How, how, what do you think about that? I don't know enough about that. You have to know how much value that for, that pick has. And, and number two, uh, I, I can't believe that there's not that much value place anybody has on on, on, on the people you mentioned. You know that they, they would be an enti- inducement for uh, enticing uh, for somebody. I'm not sure to get that guy. I, I don't know. I, I you know the draft is harder and harder to chart now. And this year, of course, I, uh, I don't know. Obi Toppin. What I gather, Obi Toppin doesn't go any lower than four. Uh, you'd have to get up fairly high to get Hobie top, and he's definitely going to be a top five for sure. Uh, I know that. Uh, you know, I don't know the European crop. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to have to profess ignorance here, and not going to be usher. I don't know. Uh, I, 
uh, but I'm not I'm not wedded to that pick. I, I would I, I like having to use to use it if somebody you know uh, that's okay with me. Uh, so uh, as, as the centerpiece of of a of a package, okay, fine. You know, and at Langford, I don't know. You know, there's a reason, but he uh, he, he had such a frustrating start to his career. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's just so you feel bad for him. I mean, uh, right down to the end, it was laughable. I mean, almost you know, uh, with, with, with brisk, and then he, he comes up with the the oblique and uh, whatever it was, and um, uh, oh my God, in, 30, in ninety seconds he gets hurt. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is this all going to get out of his system, or is it just going to be you know this guy is just star-crossed? I don't know. I mean, I don't have a judgment on him. I mean, I remember him only vaguely in Indiana, and and, and uh, uh, that's that. So, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I'm not. I'm 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 not going to. I'm not wild about that proposal. I have to tell you. Okay. No. I mean, that's okay. I'm just throwing out ideas. You know. I, yeah. No. I, it's it's fair. It's fair. And I haven't given it a deep thought. I just know the kind. I just you know know that I've been screaming about getting that that shooter. You know, you can't get Lou Williams. I said, you know, you know, you're not going to get Lou Williams, but how about a, you know, the Triple A Lou Williams? You know, mm-hmm. uh, so, <laughs> but just a guy that comes off the bench and, and that's what he does. You know, and because uh, uh, it was awful frustrating to watch. You know, heroes, heroes more than that. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be a, a major player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was second team all rookie. Should have been probably probably should have been first in retrospect. Uh, he can do a lot more than just shoot the jump shot. He goes to the hoop with authority, either hand. Uh, he's he's like, you know, he's 20 years old. It's uh, what a, what a pick that was. Uh, you know how, and that that's really uh, it's tough thinking about the fact that he could have been ours. Yeah, yeah that exactly. Would nice. That would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, the the ideal situation is waiting um, with that pick and, and not trading up and then getting a guy like Tyler Hero. But that's just on you know that that's not yeah. realistic to ask for. Um, <sighs> but it is crazy. It does pain every time he hit a three. I was like, that guy could have been. Shooting for us, at the very least, even if he didn't get minutes, he wouldn't be doing that against us. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I'll give you one more thought. How's this for a team? Like this team: Anthony Davis, uh, Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, Tyler Hero, and Jamal Murray. Oh, and what do they have in common? Kentucky. You got it. The John Calipari All Stars. How's that for a recruiting resumes? He walks into the next kid's house with the mm. you know. Uh, I mean, what a, what a, no, I, I just had to throw that one in there. Yeah, no, I mean, that's absolutely incredible, the job he's done for sure. Um, but, Bob, I think we're going to let you go here. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure being able to talk sports with you. You are welcome on anytime. Very good. Always nice to talk to you, too. And, uh, you know, well, I got to do, I got to do my draft homework. Then we can talk. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll do okay. it for sure. See ya. Bye bye.